Good evening and welcome to a, let's see, what is it tonight? Thursday night? Thursday night, June 8th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with our um, very esteemed and uh, and one of our most favored guests, uh, Lucas Doremus is with us tonight, and uh, we are still uh, discussing, if you've been joining our regular podcast and, and have been listening to what Lucas has been uh, teaching about here the last, oh, couple of months, um, you'll know that we are talking and studying and looking at, at uh, pre-fall foundations. We've covered a lot of subjects, and the last one we're covering tonight is uh, probably the most interesting one. Uh, if I had to list my interests, this one would probably be at the top of the list because we're talking about, Lucas, we're talking about what, mankind? Mankind, humans. Uh, so we're talking Homo about sapiens. Oh boy, <laughs> whatever you want to call us. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to say regarding uh, yeah. the old Homo sapiens. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially the pre-fall foundation aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we'll have some commentary, although probably a little bit on um, the post-fall. Yeah, the corruption, corruption. Yeah. of so, humanity. Yeah. So whenever you're ready, I know our listeners are, Lucas, take it away, sir. Huh, thanks, Curtis. And I got to say thank you to every listener out there. Uh, we talk, yes. you know, I've um, I've been listening to some of the recent ones, uh, you know, Pastor Dick and yourself and then Pastor JB and yourself and what you guys and, you know, we talk about some heavy topics. Uh, yeah, we do. You know, we really so, do. Uh, and, and some divisive topics and things like that. So yeah. thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, we are so blessed uh, to be able to do this and have a platform. So just thank you to the listeners. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so today we are going to talk about humans, uh, mankind, and how important we are. Uh, you know, one of the things the secular say, uh, you know, scientists would say is, you know, it's all just random. We're all just in some corner of the universe that doesn't matter. And, you know, we're, we're insignificant and we're just made of stardust. You know, none of that is even remotely true. Uh, we are the pinnacle of creation and the Bible says so. That's right. And, and so we're going to go through how important now we're only going to go through Genesis one and two. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could go throughout the Bible with how important oh, yeah. humanity is, you know, so oh, yeah. I mean, you could make you could make this topic a lot longer, but we're just going to, you know, put our scope on Genesis one and two. So first of all, uh, mankind, we can differentiate us from the animals. Um, now, you, you talk to, uh, you know, the way an- the animal kingdom is classified, uh, we would be classified as mammals, uh, you know, and I, and I don't have any problem with that, you know, using the definitions they use. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but boy, are we different. Uh, Um, We're different from any other mammal. Yeah, and we are. And, you know, you don't need the Bible to tell that we're different, even, you know, you you really don't. Uh, But uh, but with the Bible, uh, the the first thing that I notice about this, and I'm not sure how significant it is because it still happens, uh, all the animals and plants included, too, God tells them to create or uh, to go uh, 
uh, produce after its kind. Right, right. The Bible never says for humanity pr to produce after their kind. No. Now, we do, obviously, but it's it's not said. Um, no, and I think the reason for that, you, you know, I, this is just my personal opinion, is that um, as far as uh, animals and uh, the green things that God created, um, there was strict uniformity with those particular things. Things that mm -hmm. were uniform to an avocado made it an avocado. You couldn't really deviate from that. Uh, mm -hmm. A peach was a peach. A pear was a pear. And so I think that was probably the biggest difference is that there were already strict protocol in place for fruit and, and greens and all that to, to reproduce after itself without without uh, uh, without intercourse. Mm -hmm. And that was the only other difference. They didn't do that. So, um, mm -hmm. and we were commanded to what? Be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, the, the, every, every other part of creation had a command from God. Ours was different. Why do you think that ours was different? Yeah, well, because we are different, and we'll, we'll go through those commands, actually. We're going to get those, so uh, we, won't, we won't jump ahead too much. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, and, um, and, and that's just, you know, the, the more I read the Bible, and I don't know if you're like that and this at all, but you can often learn just as much from what the Bible doesn't say as what uh, it does yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes what God doesn't say, the omission of something teaches you just as much as what he does say, right. you know, and that's and that, that's just kind of a neat thing about how it right. Uh, this the second difference we have is that man was formed from dust. Uh, yeah. No, no other thing on the planet was formed by dust from the best we can tell. God just spoke it and it happened. Mm -hmm. But God went through a process to make mankind from dust. Well, he made Adam from dust, and then he made Eve from Adam's rib. Right. And so not only is mankind unique, but even man and woman are unique. Um, you know, so in the interesting thing, uh, the, again, the secular, this gets into the corruption where I just kind of thought of this on the top. The secular scientists would kind of say, well, we're made of stardust. So, you know, you have all these stars, you know, exploding over billions of years, and then that dust is what made our planet, and then evolution, you know, yada, yada, stardust. Well, that's a corruption, because we are made from dust, but we're made from the dust that God created here, and then he formed us out of it. Right. In <laughs> yeah. fact, I think, I think the term, the phrase, dust of the earth is in Genesis, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I can't think of the exact location, though. I can't think of the exact address I, either, but I think it says that God made man from the dust of the earth. Now, mm -hmm. that's not stardust. Mm -hmm. Or when, uh, you know, where, where is it that it says from dust we are and dust you will return? Right. And, you know, uh, here, here's another difference. Uh, man is given the breath of life. Animals are not given the breath of life. 
Right. You know, that's in uh, when that's in Genesis two, verse seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So that's what we talked about and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. Yeah. Chapter and two, ma- verse seven. Mm-hmm, and man became a living being. Uh, that's different from the animals. Again, from best we can tell, the animals just God spoke and boom, there they were. And there they were. But man, he created as, you know, if I can say it like this, a shell, and then he breathed into us. That's very different. Uh, Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes is one of my absolute favorite books. Uh, Not many people are like that. I'm probably weird. But Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 18 So this is Solomon talking. These are all his, you know, ponderings. I said in my heart concerning the condition of the sons of men, God tests them that they may see that that they themselves are like animals. Now, see, we're not completely different from animals. How are we like them? Verse 19, for what happens to the sons of men also happens to the animals. One thing befalls them. As one dies, so dies another. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals. All is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust and all to dust return. Who knows the spirit of the sons of men, which go upward and the spirit of the animal, which goes to the earth? Well, what that means in terms of our spirits is animals, uh, they don't go to heaven or hell. When they die, they cease to exist. Men, men, women, we don't. We're eternal. And so the movie that was back when I was a kid, All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> I remember all, that. Uh, all, all dogs do not go to heaven. And it's really not a fateful thing to say when your dog dies, they die. Uh, because whatever animals are in heaven, in the new heavens and new earth, which I think there will be animals, they're going to be better than dogs. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. So uh, so there's the, another difference. Um, that man is eternal. Uh, animals die, and it's because of that breath of life. Mm-hmm. Now, this is another one, and we'll get into this when it gets to the you know, corruption part, but animals are less valuable than man. Um, uh you're talking about in God's in God's eyes. In God's eyes, yep. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very easily provable if you turn to Matthew chapter six. Mm-hmm. This is the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about mm-hmm. worrying here. Uh, chapter yeah. six, verse twenty-five. It says, "Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at yeah. the birds of the air." For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Yep. Consider the lilies of the field. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on. Yep. Um, So humans are more valuable than animals. That is not to say animals don't have value to God. God created them. He clearly takes care of them. Right. But in a matter of degree, humans are more important than animals. Agreed. <laughs> uh, all right, this next one, uh, in terms of this actually has far-reaching uh, things, but it, we're going to start off talking about animals, and then we'll kind of shift. Uh, man has dominion over the animals. Clearly stated in Genesis, yeah. Yeah, it's it's in uh, verse 28 of chapter 1. Be fruitful and multiply. You know, we talked about that. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Correct. We we are the ruler over the animals. Now, another thing that proves that is in verse uh, or in chapter two, Adam names the animals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a common biblical thing when you name something that indicates your authority over it. It really indicates mm-hmm. ownership. Yep. And notice God named Adam and God named Eve, named mankind, mm-hmm. clearly showing God's authority yeah. over that. Uh, now, even post-flood, we retain that dominion over them. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Noah gets off the ark, God's making the covenant with him. So this is Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. It says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you, I'm sorry, excuse me. I said that completely backwards. We no longer have dominion like we did before in the garden. Excuse me. You could have corrected me, Curtis. I said that completely backwards. Uh, I figured you were going to get to it sooner or later. <laughs> Verse two. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, and on all that move in the sea, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. But that dominion is missing. Right. Now, the question is, where did it go? <laughs> well, well yeah. If I turn to John chapter 12, uh-huh. I know exactly where that went. So John chapter 12, verse 31. I, I think I know where you're going with this. But yep, sure. now, now, this is Jesus talking about. Uh, this is Jesus talking. It says, now is the judgment of this world. Yes. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Yes, yes. So Jesus is going to conquer Satan. Well, he has conquered Satan at his resurrection, yeah, well, but he but he hasn't taken the throne yet. Uh, we're yeah. still waiting. <laughs> come, Lord Jesus, come anytime. You can come today. Yeah. Let's let's Amen. let's get it moving. Um, but Jesus still calls Satan the ruler of this world. Yep. So we started off talking about animals, but really, what happened? The uh, ten cent theological term here is the theocratic administrator mm-hmm. that. God ruled through a man, ruled the earth through a man, and that was Adam. But when Adam and Eve sinned, that dominion left, and it transferred to Satan. Yep. Man man got demoted in a way, huh? Yeah. We have, Satan has been in the ruler of this world since Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> when's it going to be reversed? Mm-hmm. Well, because I we need to have... talk about that subject. Go ahead. Yeah, because uh, that theocratic administrator, it's going to come back. Yeah. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. <laughs> and we know from the, you know, chapter 19, Jesus has come back. Jesus is the only other theocratic administrator, the only other man that will rule the earth on God's authority that will happen. Amen. So uh, we as the church, we are not going to uh, tear down Satan's kingdom. We are not going to stop him from being the ruler of the world. Now we're supposed to stand against him. You know, Jesus said that, you know, the gates of Hades or hell, Satan's kingdom will not prevail. 
Right. That's true, but we're not going to take it over. Right. But Jesus will. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's capable of it. So that's that's uh, that's all the difference of the animals. And we started moving into other topics. So let's keep moving on. So man was made in God's image. We mentioned that uh, in uh, chapter or chapter one back in Genesis, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according mm-hmm. to our likeness. And here again, let them have dominion. And we talked about that. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And so we are the only thing made in God's image. Notice not even the angels are made in God's image. That's right. Now, what's this word image? What's that talking about? Well, turn to Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. Just another place where this word is used. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a little bit of a picture of what we say when it when it says man was made in God's image. So Ezekiel chapter 16, uh, verse 17, this is the same word. And it says, you have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, which I have given you and made for yourself male images and played the harlot with them. Mm-hmm. Now, in uh, in Amos chapter five. That's that same word used for images. Now, in Amos chapter 5, verse 28, or excuse me, uh, looking at my notes, 26, excuse me. You also carried Sikhoth with your king and Chion your idols. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in the KJV, it says images. Yes. But we can tell they are idols. Now, image, idol, either one is good. So what God is saying when he made him is our image, and and, and don't, this has a bad connotation the way I'm going to say it, but we are like, you know, made in the likeness. We are the idol that if God wanted to represent himself in a way, it would be a humanity. Now, I didn't say God was a human, <laughs> much like Jesus is the express image Absolutely. of God. We Correct. carry that image as well. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, I, I hope I stated that I'm not calling God a man or anything like that. I hope I stated that all right. Yeah, you did. Okay. Now, uh, that image, we retained that even after the fall. In Genesis chapter 5, verse (laughs) 3, this is interesting. And Adam lived 130 years and begot Mm -hmm. a son in his likeness after his image. Yeah. (laughs) So we retain the image of God because we're humanity, but see that sin happened. And now there's an aspect where we're in man's image because <laughs> we carry that sin. That's right. Uh, but in, back to the flood or the, the Noahic covenant in Genesis 9, chapter 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. Right. So that really, you know, when you get to the New Testament, you kind of talk about the new creation, the new man. But we still retain the old man. Oh, sure. You know, we have the image of God. That's the new man, so to speak. But we still have our old man. That's the image of man. Read all about it in Romans. Yep. The the sinful versus the not sinful. Mm -hmm. And when we sin, we don't have that righteousness of God until we place our faith in Christ. Yeah, that's right. So that image of God being really, really important, especially with this next topic. So I I read uh, Genesis 127, but I left out the last phrase. Mm 
Um, <laughs> for God created man as an, in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created him. Now, we're in an interesting month uh, at the time of this podcast, and, uh, you know, where we're, we're questioning our, our gender and wanting to be able to decide what gender we are and and those sorts of things. So uh, I'm going to say that the, the issue of the gender identity, um, it's a lot deeper than just the, quote, surface layer of whether I decide I'm a man or woman. I mean, it's a lot deeper than that. And And here's what I mean. Male and female, he created them. Who decided gender? God did. Absolutely. Uh, we didn't. God did. So we don't get to decide our gender. And actually, it's coming right after the image of God. So actually, this male and female is directly connected to our being the image of God. So when we start to question gender, what we're really doing is rebelling against the very creation, the very essence of what God created humanity as. Agreed, yep. Absolutely and so this, agree. this gender thing, it's a big deal because it's really a rejection <laughs> of creation, God's creation it, of us itself. It is a complete and total rejection mm-hmm. of God's master plan. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to say it, really. Yeah, it 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 really is a it, it's it's a big deal. Um, now, also, uh, you know, Adam was created, and Eve wasn't created at the same time. Right. You know, Eve had to have a rib taken out of Adam, and and you know, if you're interested, we actually did a podcast on Proverbs 31 where we went into pretty great length about that. So I'm I'm not yeah. going to rehearse that. You can go back in our archives, absolutely, uh, and look for that. But the idea of gender roles and uh, and male and female being different uh, and, and that kind of thing that's all there. Uh, now to not skirt the issue, also, um, it says in uh, Genesis chapter two. Uh, let's see. Then the rib which God, this is verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Right. So who joined Adam and Eve in marriage? God. God did. And so we need to, you know, God decides all that. That's not a, that's not a human construct. Right. You know, it's what God did. Um, now turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You know, mm-hmm. this implication has, mm-hmm. or, or this thing has implications outside of that. So in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, and he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Notice that Jesus is he the church is a she yep. and this whole analogy of the church and husband and wife and marriage, it all matters because God decided that sort of thing. Everything is gendered. Mm-hmm. And in second Corinthians chapter 11, verse two, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Mm-hmm. So God decided this kind of stuff. It's, it's sure. not our choice. It and, never has been and never will be. Yep. And, and to anybody that's listening that knows people that are struggling with it, uh, maybe themselves are struggling with it, 
I'm telling you, the issue is a lot deeper than that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it, it's actually not about gender. It's rejecting God and his it's creation. It's a rejection of God's yep. almighty and sovereign power. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody's out there struggling with it, we want you to go g- deeper. We want you to ask those questions of God and why he created you and, and what he created you for and and where you might go when you die. You know, we want you to question those things, not just what gender you think you are. Right. So we're, we, we love you and we want you to believe in Jesus. Amen. Like it, we want everybody to. Amen. So now something else about mankind that is a pre-fall is work. <laughs> oh boy. W-E-R-K, work. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Genesis chapter two. <laughs> the Verk. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I knew you were uh, just a little bit Deutsch. Okay. Yeah. Well, my but, grandma was Austrian, so, you know, I do have that Germanic. Enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in chapter 2, verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Right. So apparently, pre fall, the plants still needed pruning. Apparently they did. The animals still needed some sort of care. So God had purpose for man just besides the fellowship aspect. Yep. Gave man purpose right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now he's not farming yet. Right. But, but, uh, you know, he's taking care of plants. Uh, He's pruning them. Uh, Maybe he's... You know, I don't know. I mean, I can think of things we do today. I, I'm going to guess a lot of those things aren't needed. Well, there was uh, no farming. Pre, there was no farming mm-hmm. pre-curse because the ground had not been cursed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, in, in the animals, I mean, we can think of, uh, you know, uh, like cattle and things like that that need human care. Um, so maybe not all the animals needed it, but in some way, Adam is taking care of the earth. Right. You know, or, or just taking care of what God gave him to take care of. Um, right. Now, the, the, the last thing, and uh, this is the, <laughs> uh, the probably the most, maybe the most important thing about pre-fall is uh, chapter 2, verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Mm-hmm. As in, there was no sin. No sin. And... That that's a really difficult concept for us to imagine today. Yeah, it is. Go go through your go through your day, and try not to complain. Try not to talk bad about somebody. Um, try not to I don't know stub your toe even. Yeah. Um, try not to have any sort of negative thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know I can't do that. Right. <laughs> you know. Me, I mean, we me can't. Either. Yeah, we, I mean, we can't imagine that. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 2. Now, I'm, I'm kind of going to pull a Pastor Dick here. Because, uh, you know, Pastor, if, if you're listening, you know, you like to just read a lot of Scripture. So this is, uh, I'm going to read the first 16 verses of chapter 2 of Romans. And the reason why I'm reading 16 is I could never find a place to start without some phrase like for or in accordance to or therefore. And so I got to the verse I wanted and I kept having to back up to give it context. (laughs) 
I just had to back up all the way to verse one. Yeah. So we're just going to read it. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. For we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. So uh, let's just take one easy example that I just said, complaining. So as much as we want to complain about others complaining, we're complaining. <laughs> we would be, that would be classified as a complaint, yes. Right, and if yeah. the uh, standard was no complaining, we're all guilty. Yeah, yeah we, we've stumbled right out of the gate, haven't we? Yep, and so that's exactly what Paul's saying here, is that anything you think somebody else is doing wrong, you've done the exact same thing. You're yep. inexcusable. Yep. And and do you think this, oh man, you who judge and practice such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Greek. Now notice he, he did not say tribulation and anguish on most souls, he said on every single one. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who works for what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God, no favoritism. For there are as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. So what he's saying basically is making this Jew-Gentile distinction. The Jews have the law, which pointed out sin. They're going to be judged by the law. But us without the law, they're going to judge without the law. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, let's keep reading. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles, that's everybody that's not Jewish, who do not have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Meaning, you have a law even if you don't know the Mosaic law. And you're going to be judged by it. Who show the works of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So when we read in Genesis that Adam and Eve were unashamed, there was no judgment, there was no wrath on them. Because there was no sin. But now, after that, there is now a sin. There's now a law. There's now a standard that everybody's going to be judged by. And nobody gets away from that because God's fair. He doesn't have favorites. So uh, uh, so that's, that's our shame. Now, moving on. So that's some good stuff about who mankind is in Genesis. There, chapter 1, chapter 2. Um, so now we talk about the corruption of mankind, and uh, we're being pretty corrupted when you think about it. Um, 
One way is just the natural cause of sin. You know, I like what J.B. says when he says sin is a degenerative disease. And he uses Timothy where he says evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, uh, deceiving and being deceived. And so the Bible says it. Interestingly, uh, biologically speaking, we're also getting worse because every time a generation reproduces, we lose or sort our genetic information, which means we're actually degrading over time. <laughs> uh, and so uh, when we see, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, my kids years ago used to be really into pandas. And uh, pandas nowadays, uh, they don't reproduce very well because they're kind of too stupid to reproduce. And uh, we, <laughs> and I've heard one creationist call that God's quality control program, <laughs> that when animals don't feel like producing, that's God's way of saying it's time for them to be extinct. <laughs> so genetic, genetically, uh, we're going downhill. And we're also going downhill in the sin nature. That's sort of a double whammy there. Okay, so corruption of mankind. Uh, we talked about man being uh, higher than the animals or us being more important. Uh, that is being degraded. Uh, you know, the popular thought is well, humans aren't more important than animals. You know, yeah. we, we, let's, let's, let's write and ask PETA if they think that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of degrading man's status as being over animals. Um, one one thing that's, uh, uh, you know, kind of interesting about that, I think we might have mentioned it before. I think it was in Argentina where they granted non-person human rights to a chimpanzee in a zoo or something like that. Well, I didn't um, hear about that. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, uh, I, I think I'm glad I didn't hear about that. It, it's It's been years since I read that article. But, you know, it's just this degrade, degradation of animals having equal rights as humans. Um, we need to protect uh, those animals or the environment, say, over, you know, people. Right. Um, which kind of leads into this next one of we kind of have this crusade of environmentalism. Uh, yeah. The, the, the biggest way that's promoted is in a thing called climate change. You know, back in the 70s, the world was cooling. Well, they couldn't prove that. So then it was the globe was warming, and we called it global warming. Well, they couldn't prove that. And now they just say it's changing. Well, yeah, and that's dangerous. Of, of course, it's changing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there, there's lots of things to suggest that, uh, you know, uh, the, the data is scant and not accurate at best to suggest any change. But, uh, but, but even if, uh, even if things, I'll throw this out there, even if uh, the, the climate is changing, it's changing in a way that's leading into the tribulation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you read the things uh, that are going to happen to the environment and the atmosphere and all that, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be worse than anything mm -hmm. mankind has seen to date. Yep. And uh, I'll say this, if the environment is changing, it isn't because I drive my car. Uh, uh, no. I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you that. If anything, it's because they're spraying heavy metals in our atmosphere pretty yeah. pretty regularly. Yeah, it's the um, purposeful tinkering that is yes. doing damage. Yes, which is why I say, well, 
I guess it is possible that the climate is changing, but it's again, it's not changing because I'm driving my car. It's changing because it's purposeful yeah. at a very high governmental level. In, in the early 19, late 1800s, early 1900s, the cloud seeding would have been a term that everybody would have went, huh? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, why do we do that? Well, to change the environment, to change the climate, mm -hmm. to change the atmosphere. Yeah. It's the purposeful tinkering that's screwing it all up. Yeah, and uh, I'll just point to, you know, Pastor JB has a lot of good information on this. Yes, he does. But, you know, in the Vietnam War, we seeded clouds to extend the monsoon season. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you look up China, I think it's right in Beijing, they actually have a weather control department of their government. Yes, they do. I can't remember exactly what the name. So this idea of us, of humans affecting the climate, this is not a conspiratorial thing. It's fact. <laughs> it, it's plain it, fact. It, it, it's a matter of degree. Yeah. So so go look it up and see what the degree is. But yeah. we can't deny that it's happening. Correct. Now, uh, uh, to to the climate change argument, we brought up the point in Genesis that God gave man the idea of tending to the earth, right? But it also talks about God bringing the mist on the earth, as in it's God's job to take care of the planet. It's our job to tend to the planet. Right. It's God's jobs. It's God's job to take care of the planet. Right. So, so there is no saving of the planet. That's God's job. Correct. We just manage what He did. So he owns if it. He's got the title yeah. deed to it, and we we are just. Um, all uh, installed landlords, if you will. S stewards, yep. Stewards. And, and so the idea that humans are going to save the planet, that's, that's actually a pretty anti-biblical idea. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we need to, yep, and we need to watch out for it. Um, uh, the next thing is, uh, you know, God created us in his image, and we like would much rather have our image, wouldn't we? Or uh, our glory to ourselves. Um, so my my day job, I work in IT. And you know, lately this whole uh, AI Chat GPT, you know, there's oh, yeah. a, there's a couple other variations out there. That's that that's out there, and it's gaining a lot of popularity. Uh, I will I, I will say in the IT world. We humans are extremely proud of ourselves for creating artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it would, you know, it would appear that we are very. Yeah, proud. we're we're extremely proud of ourselves, and uh, you know, first, uh, just ask Noah, Noah Yuval Harari if we're proud of it, or Ray Kurzweil, or yeah, oh, yeah. you know, some, some of those some of those other guys. Yeah. you know, and I'll and I'll say that just from a practical thing, and and JB talked about you know some things he's talked about AI. We are very, very early in the AI anything. Yes. We, I will say very upfront, we don't know how it's going to be used in, say, five years. No, we you don't know. know, but I think we can assume that it's not going to be, um, it, it's going to be profitable for a very few, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be an existential threat for the rest. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I should... Uh, context my comment a little bit where i'm thinking of it is in terms of say the business world and how it can help yeah. business and all that yeah. we don't know what that's going to look like in five years right now what what you were just talking about yeah 
totally agree. In five years, you know, the overall arching plan of what AI is actually for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you're right. We can make a pretty good guess. Sure. So thanks for letting me correct myself a little bit and put some context on that. Well, even the AI uh, robots themselves are saying it. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but if anybody wants uh, to just to show you that AI isn't perfect, uh, just go out there and do some Internet searches on the nasty things AI has said. Uh, it can be actually a pretty good laugh. Yeah. Um, the loops the AI gets into and the yeah. things. So yeah. give yourselves a laugh and it really tells you it ain't perfect nope. <laughs> by any stretch. But, uh, okay, uh, along with that glory, we also want dominion of the earth without God. Uh, we are headed toward a one world government. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. You Obviously, the Bible goes into that. Uh, you know, in Revelation, and you know, it, it's nothing in the Bible that says we couldn't be in a one-world government before tribulation happens. Yeah, yeah. it just won't be the Antichrist in charge of it until yeah. then. That's right. But uh, you really—I mean, you can just listen to politicians all over the world talk. They yeah, want every other, a every one- other word out of their mouth now is a centralized government or new world order. Yep, they yeah. want it, and it's. <laughs> Let's just say the citizenry isn't going to stop them. I'll just put them that way. We, yeah, it's prophetic. We might, we it's, might slow them down. <laughs> it's, it's prophetic <laughs> you know. to happen. It's going to happen. Yep. God's in control. He said it was going to happen. We're not going to stop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, And yet, we're still supposed to pray for our kings and authorities that we may live yeah. quiet and peaceful lives. We're still supposed to pray for those people. Why? Yeah. Well, so we have enough peace so we can share the gospel. Yep. Uh, that peace will be taken in the tribulation, so do it now. Um, um, I, I, it would be a, a mistake for me not to mention gender and marriage, yet we kind of already talked about that, having that oh, corrupted, yeah. that it, it, is a, it is a deeper issue than just deciding my, what my gender is. It's a rejection of pretty much everything God created and who he created you as and those sorts of things. Uh, how about the lack of work? You know, God put man in the garden to work. Um, c- can I just say welfare? Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, if, if you are listening to this program and you are on welfare, I'll say it this way. Everybody needs a little help th- here and there. But the government's job is not to take care of you so you can eat without working. And it's a real shame that our government has made it so it's actually more profitable to not work in a lot of cases than it is to work. Yep. So I would encourage you, if you're out there, I know it's hard, but you are doing what God wants you to do by going out and work, even if it's harder, even if you earn a little less, you are in God's will. You are doing what he wants, and God's going to bless that. Exactly. Um, we talked about man and, uh, you know, Adam and Eve being unashamed. You know, the sin of the world is just, you know, growing. You know, you could come up with a million examples. Uh, the one I always turn back to, because I do music, I always look back at Elvis. And uh, I always think of Elvis uh, when he was back. It was the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, yeah. And the Ed Sullivan show, now that's a secular show. I mean, there wasn't 
you know, it wasn't a ministry or anything. But even back, I think it was the 50s, in the Ed Sullivan show, they would only film Elvis from about the waist up. Yep. Because his hip movement that he was doing uh, was too lewd for America. Yeah. Um, where are we today? You know, we have, it, it, you know, the, the, these are some older examples, but we have twerking and wardrobe malfunctions. And, <laughs> you I, know, I, I, I think that we've graduated past the. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, Elvis's hip movements and current modern day twerking are just a little bit different. Yeah. 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 And we had to be conditioned for that. Uh, if, if, uh, if someone got on the Ed Sullivan show and did what some things happen at the Grammys or any other award shows with some of the dances or Super Bowl halftime shows, whatever it is, if they pulled that stuff back then, oh my gosh, the outrage. Can you imagine Miley Cyrus coming out of the dressing room on the Ed Sullivan show? Yeah. I mean, it's really, you know, even the Beatles themselves, they were dressed up in suits. Yeah. You know, I suits mean, they were ties, nice. They? Yeah. The, the suits and ties. And what were they yeah. singing about? Wanting to hold a girl's hand. Yeah, now I know that's not where they, uh, that's not where they ended up. You know, I'm aware yeah. that that's, that's kind of my point is we had to be conditioned into this where now you can walk through a Walmart, a Kroger and see the magazine rack. And I mean, what else can you call it? I mean, it's pornography right there on the rack. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, You know, I mean, it really is. So, I mean, it just that we need to be aware of that conditioning process and that morality that we're being conditioned to accept a whole lot lower standards. Yep. <laughs> you know, no doubt about it. Uh, let's see. Now, these uh, these last two kind of work together and they kind of go along with the whole AI thing. Um, this uh, whole idea of changing humanity. Uh, the, the term for that is transhumanism. You know, it's using technology or maybe genetic modification or, you know, anything like that to actually change what humanity is. Now, if you talk to the futurist, Ray Kurzweil, who works for Google, I think he still is, is at Google. Uh, he calls it the singularity. And he's not the only one, but he calls it the singularity when man joins with technology and we essentially cease becoming humans. You know, now, prophetically, I know that's not going to happen. I read the end of the book. Um, but they're also, they're trying to genetically modify humans. They're trying to integrate technology into humans. We've got things like the metaverse trying to give us a virtual world where we really don't have to be human anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can you know, become your avatar if you'd like. Yeah, or you want to be an attack helico helicopter, go ahead. You know, sure. what's the difference? If that's what you, you know? identify as. Yeah, so, so I mean, these ideas that, you know, God created us in his image as human. Yep. And that doesn't mean we can't, you know, take medicine or cut our hair or, you know, it doesn't mean anything like that. You know, these people with this transhumanism, we're talking about fundamental changes in what humanity is. And that's a major corruption. Right. Uh, to go along with this, uh, really, ultimately, this transhumanism, well, actually, I won't say ultimately, because there's more than one thing they're trying to accomplish, but they're really trying to prevent death. Right. Is it, uh, is it Walt Disney 
that uh, he had his head severed and frozen and cryogenically in, preserved yes. in the hopes that one day technology would exist to bring him back um yeah. it's the idea of uh you know going into technology and somehow putting a consciousness in there as if somehow that's the same as living in a human body um yeah. You know, you, you've even got a lot of ads on TV about, you know, anti-aging something or other. And I'm not saying you can't try to look good, <laughs> but, you know, you're you're not going to prevent just the natural degradation of our bodies and the ultimate death that we're headed for. Right. Um, because that, that happened after the after the fall and God said it's appointed once for man to die. And afterward, the judgment. That's right. And, you know, to wrap up, that death is going to happen. You're not going to prevent it. Right. I, I, don't, I don't care what Google or Microsoft or, you know, Meta or Facebook or, I don't, I don't, I don't care. care what. Yeah. That, it doesn't matter what Elon Musk dreams <laughs> up, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's just going to happen. You're going to go back to dust. Yep. And there will be a judgment after that. That's right. Now, we want you to be on the right side of that judgment. Oh, yes, we do. Which means that you need to place in your faith in Jesus Christ now because he died for you to save you. Amen. And when you die, there are no second chances. That's right. There's no reincarnation. No. Uh, you're, there, not coming, there, you're not coming back as as a billy goat or anything else mm -hmm. or you know it, it, it or there's not a place you go after you die where you can somehow uh yeah i don't know there's re no reform yourself yeah there's nothing like that when you die that's it that's it and we kind of mentioned earlier in the corruption that you know we are becoming more and more sinful and so just theologically speaking, the longer God doesn't have the rapture and the tribulation happen, the harder it's going to be to believe. Right. And just, just strictly theologically speaking from what God says about deception getting worse and worse, it gets harder. Right. And so we want you to believe today. We want you to believe that Jesus died for you because that's the most important decision you can make. That's right. And to kind of, not only that, but to wrap up Genesis, I was kind of actually talking to my kids about this the other day. Um, and, you know, we we talked about some evidence. We were talking about, you know, some like fossils because they went to a rock museum. And uh, the guy there that did the tour, it's he's a creationist. And he's actually really fun. He's a, he's a really good guide. And if you kind of start to lead on to the fact you're, you are a believer and you believe in young earth, he'll actually start to open up and keep telling you even more. So yeah. it's, re it's really fun to go to this place. And, uh, and my kids talked about the fossils and he would talk about how the flood and you had to bury it quickly and all that stuff. And, and we talk, I talked to the kids about that and I just said, you know, as important as that information is, it really just relies on the fact that you got to decide whether you believe the Bible or not. It all comes and, down to that, doesn't it? Yep. And those proofs are extremely useful if you've got a very scientific analytical mind and you've really, those things are really what's holding you back. Yeah. Uh, then you need those proofs, but it either you're going to believe it or not. That's right. So 
through everything we've talked about in this Genesis, either we believe what the Bible says about all these topics or we don't. That's right. I mean, and, and look at the logic, uh, the, the pattern here. Uh, uh, we can't change the fact that, we ha- uh, that we're male or female because that's the way God created us, two genders, that's it. And we also can't change the fact that we all have decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Why do why should we have to decide anything if the world was going to be perfect? We wouldn't have to decide a doggone thing, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't change the fact that we've got to decide on something every day. Uh, and the, the most important thing you just mentioned, we have to decide whether we accept Christ or whether mm-hmm. we reject him. Yep. And we have to you decide know, that. No way around you know, it. Yeah, and a lot of times in, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, where we've got the gospel, you know, Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave, it repeats according to the scriptures, what, three times, I think it is? I think that's correct. Christ died according to the scriptures and yes. was buried according to the scriptures and rose from the grave according to the scriptures. I think I think it's three. I think it's three. Boy, how important is it that we believe the scripture it's ultimately important. <laughs> it, it it is, and it really comes down to that. So, sure. you know, we 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 got in Genesis because you know Genesis gets rips to shreds, but it's a book of beginnings. It's the beginning yeah. of all this stuff, and we've taken it topically, but you know, it transfers into the flood and the Abrahamic covenant and all of those beginnings. Do you believe it or not? Amen to that. You know. So that wraps up our Genesis part of this study. Okay. The next next month, what we're going to do is arguably more exciting because we're going to talk about how all that corruption gets fixed. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about the new heavens and the new earth <laughs> when everything's fixed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to talk again about the fact that we aren't doing the fixing. <laughs> yep, and there won't be corruption ever again. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right. so, well, so that's I arguably can, more exciting. <laughs> I, I can hardly wait to get to that subject. Let, let's, yeah, it, so. it, 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 you know, not not even in, in the conversational sense, but let's let's start living it, please. Yeah. Yep. The sooner the better. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, Lucas, thanks again for, for your time and your energy and your effort and your presentation. Uh, uh, this has been... Uh, quite a series, uh, Pre-Fall Foundations. It's, uh, it's kind of a different, a different way to look at some very basic theological principles, uh, but you've explained them well, and, and, uh, and you've made them uh, very, very interesting. I'll tell you what, uh, it, if I was 16 again, I'd consider myself lucky to be in your class. Oh, I just thank you for the opportunity. Man, uh, <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way, buddy. Uh, thank you very much for being with us tonight and, and for sharing uh, some some very spirit-filled insight. And uh, we appreciate it, pal. Thank you. And we can hardly wait to do it again next month. So uh, You bet. Our listeners already know what we're going to be talking about. So you're just going to have to wait for it. Wait for it. We'll we'll be there to do it. We'll be Lord willing. We'll be we'll be there to do it. So, uh, 
Until we meet again, we want to thank Lucas again for being with us and let our listeners know that uh, we will have some more upcoming sessions with Pastor Dick and with JB as well in, in about a month or so uh, until we decide we, we can't just do this once a month thing. We have to do it twice a month again. So until then, uh, we're going to say approximately a month from now, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off, and we'll see you in about a month. May God bless and keep you.